Good evening and welcome back to Ulcerative Colitis Motherhood and Me. I'm Ulcerative Colitis Mama and tonight I'm joining you with quite a little bit of background noise I'm afraid. It's a Friday night therefore there is a little bit of traffic on the road. There's also my dog who is snoring next to me and has the tendency to do massive size um, and also I've decided to burn one of those, you know those candles with the um, the wood wicks um, which I didn't realise how noisy they were, um, it's been a while since I last had one so apologies for that. Um, so um, for those of you who've been sort of listening in to, well any of my episodes really but you know I'm you know, truly grateful so thank you. Um, so my last sort of two or three maybe even more episodes have been surrounding um, my new job. Now I know that's like not necessarily a massive deal, but um, for me, it, it has been. Um, I was in my last job for six years, um, where I, you know, obviously built really, really strong friendships with my colleagues, um, and who have essentially been the only kind of work family I've ever had. Um, so it, it has been quite different, sort of starting with a new team, a much smaller team. Um, they're more grown up. Um, <laughs> And it's just kind of finding my my own little path through this. So um, before I go into the episode in any depth, obviously I do like to give listeners um, just a bit of a heads up really. Um, A lot of the content I do discuss when it's not colitis or motherhood related is um, mainly around mental health and well-being. And a lot of stuff I do dip into kind of um, talks a lot about my past, a lot about sort of past feelings, which, um, you know, do, uh, you know, I do bring up um, issues I have with anxiety, low self-esteem. Um, I've had quite, you know, uh, a lot of depressive, you know, ill health over the last few years. So um, I always make sure that, you know, listener discretion is advised. I appreciate everybody's on different, uh, you know, everybody's different on their on their journey to recovery and the last thing I'd want to do and I know I say this in every episode but you know the the whole focus of me setting up my podcast and you know associated media was you know to use my experiences to hopefully help other people and you know if any of my content or anything somehow triggered somebody or um you know sort of had any sort of negative impact on on a person you know obviously inadvertently without me putting any sort of warnings in place then obviously I wouldn't be doing um I wouldn't you know I'd be totally breaking the ethos of what I wanted this to to do so as always listener discretion is is advised I do discuss a lot of mental health content so um without further ado let's get started with tonight's episode So before I start, full disclosure, I did actually record near enough a whole uh, episode's worth of content last night and for some reason I just didn't like it. I never play it back, I never listen to my own episodes and I just basically word dump everything and then publish it. So, um, And obviously me being my worst critic, I didn't feel like it did the episode any justice so I scrapped it all and I've started fresh tonight. So yes, so... Um, so yeah, started my new job, um, three weeks ago, 
Um, I've just finished my third week uh, in my new role, in my specialist role. And, you know, it's going good, to be fair. You know, I'm, I'm not under any pressure to kind of get up to speed with anything. I'm sort of allowed to, you know, carry on at my own pace. I'm picking up quite a lot of info already and I'm I'm really keen and I'm really kind of, you know, really, really want this to work and, um, you know, and I have taken a great interest in the topic that I'm specialising in, which, you know, obviously helps. Um, you know, I'm getting on well with my other team members and like sort of the wider team, if you like. So there's like a sister team that um, kind of we work alongside Um we don't tend to have a lot of involvement with them day to day, but we certainly catch up at least once a week. So it's quite nice to kind of do a bit of networking and getting to know other people. Um, and likewise with other medics and other specialists as well. So, you know, it's been quite nice. And um, I got to meet the head of the intensive care unit the other day. So that was quite odd, quite bizarre. Um, and I think it's because I've been, uh, you know, a staff nurse grade up until now so I think because there's so many of you know one of being one of many of anything it's kind of you kind of sort of disappear into the background a little bit and um, you know now I'm in a specialist nurse role it's quite different because you're now thrust into the forefront of that Um, there aren't as many of you and you know um, it's a totally different ball game completely and it's a, a little bit overwhelming I'll have to admit you know it's um you know when I'm being stopped in the corridor and being formally introduced to people and I'm to shake hands with people and you know it's not a, a kind of environment I'm used to if I'm honest um you know I've always done well with you know background work if you like um you know sort of supporting roles sort of thing so you know it's very different to what I'm used to um and just things like although I'm getting on well with my team you know and I you know I find that I'm not as stressed I'm kind of you know you know that there's a good relationship with me and my my colleagues um and you know it is going good it's going great I know I don't sound very convincing I'm just very tired um (laughs) but um I do miss the banter with my old team and it's just I feel like I'm I've had a couple of wobbles over the last week or so where I felt you know have I made the right decision um which I guess is completely natural um I've also had a little elements of imposter syndrome as well um where I've just sort of felt like you know why me kind of thing why why did I sort of why did they pick me to, to, you know, out of the other applicants? Why, why me? Um, <laughs> um, and I know deep down, you know, I, and even reflecting back on a few episodes ago where I said, you know, I've worked really hard to get where I am. And, you know, it's, it's good that I'm seeing some pro- uh, career progression. Um, but, you know, I think just feeling about, I, one of my sort of biggest kind of anxiety, especially in my professional life is um, not appearing to pull my weight or not appearing to uh, live up to the expectations that I feel that people have of me. And I've had this in every single job I've had. And I suppose it goes way back when to being a student and being on the wards and kind of, 
being a bit like a puppy and following your mentor around and saying, you know, really, really like me, like me, so you can pass me, so you can grade me well, and you know, I can, I can continue being, you know, on my journey to becoming a nurse, you know, um, and I think this week's been a true test to that in in some respects because uh, there's been um, basically um, to cut long story short, so my two colleagues. Uh, both work part-time so what they've done is uh, semi-retired so between them they form um, one full-time post so my female colleague she does uh, three days a week and my male colleague does two and this week my female colleague has been on annual leave so she's had this week off and ordinarily uh, prior to me starting uh, in post um, my male colleague would often offer to do overtime and unfortunately with this day and age with funding with you know um, NHS cuts and various other things there's basically the the senior 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 managers that are above my manager's head are basically said to him look Lauren's in post now there's no <clears throat> there's no way you can do overtime there's no money Apologies, as usual, I decided to have a coughing fit right in the middle of recording, so <laughs> I split that up. So, yes, so basically there there was no scope for him to uh, do any overtime shifts uh, to su- supervise me, basically, to for me to shadow him. Um, and with me being so new to the role, I don't feel like I'm ready to take up the helm just yet. Um, whereas I'm fairly confident in things like, you know, going to the wards and meeting the patients and doing sort of little elements of assessments, I'm not fully competent and confident to do that all on my own without somebody in the background. So, um, whereas I've been going out and seeing patients by myself, I've always had somebody else to report back to, to liaise with, to discuss things with, to come up with plans together. And there was going to be the uh, the possibility that I was going to be on my own, which me being me, being particularly anxious, I felt that, wow, I'm not ready to be in that position yet. So I emailed my manager and explained the situation and said, like, you know, I'm very happy to, you know, do certain things and this, that and the other. However, I don't feel that as yet that I'm able to take up the you know, the role in front of the service when there's nobody else to to fall back on. And um, there is so much to learn in this role. And this is where I've kind of realised now, even though I've only gone one step up in terms of my kind of my pay band, if you like. So I've gone from a band five, which is your, your staff nurse grade, to currently I'm on a band six, which is like a junior sister level. Um, and I'm working towards my band seven when I'm a fully fledged specialist nurse. Um, so at the moment I'm still very much in the novice kind of category. Um, obviously I've got a lot of transferable skills and a lot of experience, but not so much relevant to the role and uh, things keep changing and then, you know, and, and that's the, the, um, nature of the role and, you know, and I was very, you know, open and honest with her. And I just said, I don't feel like I'm ready to to do that yet without either one of my colleagues being there. And in fairness to her, I I was quite surprised. And she said, look, we, we, 
don't expect you to do that um what we'll do is we'll look at perhaps you shadowing other people in the sort of like the other areas of the team the outlying areas of the team you know and get some more experience that way so thankfully that worked on Monday that was great I went to spend uh, time in the clinics so I got to see same sort of speciality but in a different kind of presentation so that was very helpful and I was very grateful as well to the the nurse and the physiotherapist that I um, shadowed um so then that left um another couple of days short so my male colleague was able to work Tuesday Wednesday which was fine and I was supposed to have in-house training on the Thursday um which then left Friday still open for discussion um because unfortunately everybody seemed to be off (laughs) at the same time so it was a little bit more difficult so Thursday, uh, like I said, I was supposed to have in-house training, which wasn't actually on the hospital site. It was like in some random office somewhere about three miles away. Um, and, you know, I'd got myself all psyched up for it. It's like one element of training that I haven't had, you know, sort of ticked off yet for, for this financial year. So all sorted. And then... Um, Wednesday afternoon, I got an email about three o'clock saying, uh, due to staffing shortage, unfortunately, your training has been cancelled. Great. So then I start feeling that horrible kind of slight panicky feeling inside. And I turned to my colleague and I said, what do I do now? And he said, don't fret about it. Don't worry. He's very, very chilled, <laughs> which is probably a good reason I'm working with these people because they, they don't, you know, they don't kind of meet my energy of high anxiety um he said honestly don't worry about it there you know there's there's other things we can look at he said tell you what I will phone manager now now unbeknownst to us our manager wasn't in so her kind of her associate I guess um who is also a manager same level um works kind of in similar sort of departments she just said, look, you know, don't worry about it. You know, uh, these things happen. Just come in. Um, don't put the bleep in, which is how we work, like pager system. Work from the office. Do some learning. You know, do what you've got to do. Uh, and honestly, don't worry about it. Um, so I was like, right, yeah, fine. And she said she'd let my manager know as well. So all well and good. So that went reasonably well. <laughs> so... Uh, so that was yesterday so I spent um, you know the majority of the day in the office Um, I got a lot of reading done I got loads of sort of continuing professional development done I was able to do some research I was able to uh, also reorganize the office which I have forewarned my colleagues and I do uh, did apologize in advance in case I've kind of gone in there you know and kind of tried to sort of change everything um but there was just like papers everywhere just just random papers and there was like no order and and I just thought no I need to do something about this so I kind of took it upon myself to kind of organize things and tidy up and maybe make some space for stationery and things like that so we'll see what my reception is like when I go back to work (laughs) a week on Monday so anyway 
I did quite a lot of work and I sort of got left alone nobody really bothered me and then about sort of two o'clock I got a knock at the office door and I was like oh no and it turned out to be one of the orthopedic surgeons so I was a bit like I couldn't really send them packing <laughs> so I, I knew him from when I used to work on the wards years ago uh, he's a really, really nice guy and he said, oh, I was hoping that, you you know, your colleague would be in. I need some advice about a patient. And I was like, oh, do you? I said, don't ask me. I don't really know. And because I get a bit of social anxiety and then I start sort of tripping over my words and I start sounding like a complete idiot. You know, I just was a bit like, I, um, I'm on my own. Uh, my colleague's off today is that, you know, I, I can't really advise. I'm not quite there yet. And he was like, oh, it's OK. I said, but I'm always one for like looking for a solution. I'm always, I'm, I'm never sort of, I don't like leaving people hanging. So I just sort of said, um, I could text him and see if he's available. So um, he was like, oh, would you mind? And I was like, no, no, it's fine. So anyway, I dropped my male colleague a text and I just sort of said, look, um, you know, uh, Mr. So-and-so orthopedic surgeons just come up. This has happened. Um, and I said, is it okay if I just run it past you? Can I ring you? So I did so and it was sorted and I managed to eventually get hold of the orthopedic um, surgeon and just sort of let him know. And he was really grateful to be fair. And hopefully, you know, I've done, I'm more for one for safety netting as well. So what I did was because there was like no sort of record um, because it was essentially like kind of, they have sort of a, an arrangement of helping him out because he helps them out. So um, because it wasn't like our standard kind of referral process, I then put it all in an email and then CC'd in my, my colleagues and just sort of said, look, you know, if anything, ha you know, if this uh, patient's name comes up, this is because this happened. Um, so it was sorted and it was fine. And I left there not panicking like I've done in my, you know, my previous jobs where I've gone second guessing myself and wondering if I made the said the right thing but in essentially you know I've just relayed information and advice that was given to me by my very established colleagues so hopefully that's you know that's fine um so it went okay and then thankfully I was able to ha take today as a holiday so it you know because there was nobody you know it, it was going to be another day of sitting in the office and reading reams and reams off the internet and doing more research which is fine and I can do that um but I just felt you know I would have no sort of backup and it it would feel mean of me to contact my colleagues on their days off you know so um so that was great my manager was able to do that for me so everything's been okay <laughs> um but it is it was just like um when I revert back to like that kind of uh imposter syndrome and that other people's expectations of what I should and shouldn't be doing has stemmed from from very very long ago where and it may have stemmed more from a personal life again than maybe just my professional one and one of my sort of kind of fears if you like is being seen as not living up to the expectations of what others expect of me so uh, for example because I'm now in this specialist role is sort of the you know the wards um basically colleagues um that would normally seek out support from the team that I work for 
get lumbered with me and then I don't meet their expectations because I'm still learning and I'm still new and um you know that I'm basically sat in the office and look like I'm not doing anything and you know and it did worry me all day and um and to be honest nobody came by except obviously the orthopedic surgeon and I did you know pop you when I went to get my lunch and things and I did see people in the corridor and you know and I just said look I I am here but I'm not I'm I'm having like an admin day today this you know I you know and to be fair the people where my office is based they know anyway they know very well that I'm very new they know me from when I worked on the wards so you know and I felt like I don't have to explain myself to anyone I said my manager's happy if my manager's happy and knows what the plan is my colleagues that I work with are happy and they know what the plan is who do I need to explain myself to you know and everybody that needed to know that there was no cover for my team knew so you know and I started to relax a little bit more after that but I think I don't know what it is it's almost like (laughs) um and I think it stemmed from way way back when where it was like I was worried that I hadn't done things and then I'd get in trouble and that's kind of basically the crux of it is upsetting people or making people angry or causing conflict because I'm I don't appear to be doing what I'm expected to do uh, even though I'm doing it or other arrangements have been made and it's quite a weird I know it's kind of a weird thing to kind of explain um but it's almost like for example when I went to the you know to the toilet for example and of course I'm going to bump into a handful of staff on the way and it was just a bit oh well she's in but her bleep's not in so what's she doing all day and that's basically what I was kind of fretting over all day um until you know sort of about half an hour before I left I thought no I don't have to justify myself to anyone you know I don't belong to a ward I don't belong to you know I I'm sort of like a separate service and I'm not I'm not a part you know party to anybody else I'm my manager knows what's going on I'm not doing anything wrong I'm doing what's safe for me as an as a new member of staff you know it's and I have to give myself a little bit of a break I'm not going to know everything in one hit so my I the day before um I bumped into one of my old colleagues and she's now uh she's kind of like a specialist herself she's a manager and you know she sort of said oh how's things going on it's quite nice because it's always nice to see a friendly face and one good thing about going back to the hospital is there's quite a few friendly faces there that I know to say hello to or I know very well so and she's one that I know very well and she sort of said oh well you know that's all you know I sort of said I still feel a bit apprehensive about certain things and she said well you're gonna it's a new it's a very, very new role. And she, prior to us working together some years ago, she was also a specialist, um, like a trainee specialist, basically what I'm doing now. And she said, um, she said, has anybody sort of talked to you about the continuum? I was like, I beg your pardon? I was like, that just sounds like something very uh, <laughs> sci-fi. 
And she said, no, no, no. She said, when I started as a, a basically a junior specialist nurse, she said, the person that was I was shadowing, essentially my mentor, who was already an established specialist nurse, she said she gave me a continuum. And so she sort of explained it to me. So she said, imagine like a piece of paper and you've got on the left-hand side, you've got novice. On the right-hand side, on the far edge, you've got expert. And she said, everyone will always tell you that, you know, if you imagine the bottom line being a timeline, and she said that you'd expect the line from novice to expert to sort of grow in an increment kind of diagonal upward movement. Um, she said, that's what people expect. But she said, in reality, it doesn't work like that. And she said, her mentor explained it to her perfectly. And she said, you're going to get to a stage where you'll go up because you'll feel confident and you'll establish yourself. You'll get more knowledge, more skills. And you'll think, yeah, I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Then she said, something will happen. It will challenge your learning. And she said, and it will undulate and it will go down a little bit, but then it'll come up and then it'll go down and up and down and up. And she said, and you will find this undulating pattern all the way through your career. And she said, and that is more normal. And that is what will happen. So she said, you are going to find days where you're going to find that you're not going to, you know, know something or you're going to make a mistake or you're going to second guess yourself but you'll always pick back up again. And I thought, wow, what a really good analogy. And also what a really good sound piece of advice. And um, and that did make me feel a little bit, little bit better. And I have to kind of keep like holding on to that, really. And I know myself, I know my deep, deep down, that little rational voice I've got, because my irrational voice is a lot louder and a lot more obnoxious. But my rational voice is agreeing to that and saying, you know this, you know you were going into a role that was more senior, that was more specialised, and you're not going to know everything. You're going to know a little bit about some stuff. But over time, you'll get to know a little bit more stuff and more and more until you establish yourself. You know, so give myself a break. I'm only on my third week, you know. (laughs) And potentially, this is going to, be my career for the next 25, 30 years. So, you know, if I want it to be. And, you know, my colleagues seem to want me to want it. So, um, and when I've got a little bit worried, and I have been very um, open and honest about that and said, you know, I do struggle with my, you know, anxiety. I do worry a lot. I am very much... A worrier. Um, I overthink things. I second guess myself, um, and things. <clears throat> excuse me. And things being like being left on my own unsupervised. Although I know my parameters of my practice, and I know how far I, you know, where my boundaries are. Um, you know, the I do worry. And to be fair to my colleagues, they said, we will do everything in our power to support you to get you where you need to be. 
and you know don't worry and the last thing we want is to scare you away when we've just been waiting three months to have you so that that's helped a lot that's you know been a massive confidence booster and if I'm honest with myself which doesn't happen very often um change has always been something I've struggled with particularly big changes um I'm a creature of routine and sometimes it's really annoying that I have such you know not a strict routine but sometimes routine can get a bit boring can't it but also routine can be reassuring especially when you have anxiety because you know what to expect you have control over what's happening and it leaves very little room for you know variables shall we say and this has been a big change in in my life it may be a job uh it may be a very good career prospect but it's been a massive change in terms of my support network if you like now my old team i know are at the end of the phone I still speak to a few of them pretty much every day. Um, And I know they've always got my back. It's so much more different going into an office when there's only one one other person in there these days. And you're still kind of figuring the other person out. Um, My colleagues are a lot older than me. And I know it's like, you know, that sounds a little bit ageist but it's it's not that it's I've got no issue with that at all it's just um you know vice versa you know I'm almost 30 years younger than them and they're very much you know obviously they've semi-retired they're at one end of the spectrum in terms of their career and I'm at the other and that's good in that's good in many many ways because that means they want to impart their wisdom on me and their teaching everything advice their own experiences and i i'm truly truly grateful for that but also there are times where i miss the kind of the immature banter that i'd have with my ex colleagues um where it would be no holds barred almost borderline offensive to each other you know um I miss that I miss my colleagues sort of you know plonking myself down next to him in the morning and just being really stupid and you know I can't really do that at the moment you know ask me in six months and I'll see where I'm at but um I, I as much as they're quite down-to-earth people I don't think I can you know sort of bring the same energy I brought to my old team and the respect of you know taking the mick out of each other and practical jokes and and things like that you know I don't think they're that kind those kind of people (laughs) um and it me you know I'm obviously going to carry on seeing my ex-colleagues you know I've got their Christmas party coming up which obviously I've paid for so I'm going um and you know we've always said nights out birthdays weddings christenings whichever you know we're gonna we are gonna still be friends and you know we we are exceptionally close um and I guess I probably didn't realize I kind of maybe took took that for granted until I left and I realized actually it's not the same and a big there's been quite a big part I'd say that 
if I hadn't, I'd be lying if I said that I felt a little pang of regret. And it's not because of the, the job or the people I work with, it's because I miss them so much. And that's hard, and that's hard moving forward. And, cha- you know, uh, you know, it's a big, big step for me. Um, and I think because of everything I've been through since I started there and, you know, and I, I know I've touched upon it in other, in other episodes where, you know, essentially I, I joined that team, a very broken person, a very lost person, um, you know, that was fighting many unseen battles at the time and, I, with their help, of sort of built myself back up again and and then some, I guess, and being in a really strong, positive, you know, uh, stage in my recovery, um, you know, give or take a few sort of wobbles and things, but I felt safe to be able to share that with them, and and I know I probably will feel safe with my new colleagues because you know they're very incredibly understanding people I mean the nurses for crying out loud you know you you kind of hope they're nice people <laughs> and they are they're really lovely people and I've had some quite deep heart to hearts with my my female colleague um because I spend more time with her I guess and um and because we're women I guess and we we're a bit more open with our feelings and things. My male colleague, as great as he is, I think he's of uh, of that generation where he's still not quite open um, about deep sort of rooted things. So I mean that'll come, I guess, or it won't. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't care. It's just he just shows it in a different way. Um, but I don't feel like I'm ready for them to see my vulnerable side, and I'm hoping that. They won't, I'm hoping that they won't need to um, because I'm in a much better place than I was in terms of my recovery. Um, but it's very hard to forget those people that kind of have held the torches while you you were in the dark places, you know. it's um, They're incredible people and I miss them tremendously and it, I met up with a couple of them. It was one of our colleagues' uh, little boy's birthday party on the weekend. And um, that was really nice to catch up with a few of them. And just because it felt like nothing had changed, because it felt like, oh, I'll see him work. No, I won't see him work on Monday because I don't work with you anymore. You know, that that made me feel a little bit sad. But I also knew that just because we don't work together anymore doesn't mean we can't socialize or meet up or you know do other things together you know it's just it's just work um and you know at one stage I probably spent more time with those guys than I did with my own family so you know bonds are very very strongly built in workplaces um hopefully anyway um Apologies, another onset of coughing fit. I think my mouth just gets really, really dry when I talk so much. And believe me, you know, I talk enough for many, you know, many other people. Um, So I guess I had a bit of a a wobble, particularly this week, because I think maybe being left on my own, I felt a little bit more vulnerable than I normally would. Um, Whereas, you know, 
in times of old when I was back in my old team we had like a, a group chat and things so at least I know I'd get one response guaranteed you know um if there was anything I was struggling with um and I've still got that level of support now with this new team it's absolutely fine but it's just such a big change and I'm kind of grieving I guess I'm grieving for my old team um you know, uh, it doesn't help when they say you can still change your mind and come back. <laughs> but no, uh, my replacement started, I believe. So uh, the 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 my job is gone. Um, <laughs> but you know, um, it's life, and life moves on, and people move on, and circumstances change. And I know that this job is going to be just what I need, and. It's the career progression I've always wanted. I've always wanted to be a specialist nurse. I just couldn't figure out what kind of what I wanted to specialise in, um, and this this will be it. You know, um, I think it's just still early days. You know, and people are still figuring me out. I'm still figuring them out. You know, and it's all good. It's all positive. It's just different, and it's change and. I I struggle with change and you know that's that's the crux of it basically um but I've got a few days off now I'm off um till a week on Monday so this just gives me time to sort of just remember that I am the same person with the same level of responsibilities in terms of family life and friendships and um you know everything else that comes with it it's just I do a different job now and you know I save a bit more fuel now because I'm just driving to one place rather than many places and you know I'm I don't have to have business insurance on my car anymore and you know little things like that and I I don't have to walk through pouring rain or snow or ice or you know with the exception of from my car to my place of work um you know, I don't have to worry about all of those kind of things anymore. Um, so it is, it's just finding my feet, finding my little path in this new job and just establishing networking and, you know, getting to know people, I guess. Um, but that's not going to be an overnight thing, you know, as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day. Um not that I'm intending to build a, an empire or anything. It's just sort of establishing, establishing myself as a, you know, a clinician in my own right. Um, and like my, my male colleague who I've been working with this week, you know, he's great. He's got a really dry sense of humour, which, you know, I can work with because, you know, um, it means I can let out a little bit of the crazy um, and a little bit of the banter, but it's just a little bit more controlled. And you know I've been on the wards this week with him and he's been introducing me to you know different staff um just you know basically helping me network and you know just set points of contact basically so you know on those days where I'm going to be on my own again which is going to happen you know with sickness and holidays and stuff it is going to happen again it's inevitable it's just making sure I I've got go-to people and anyway, he was sort of chatting to one of the pharmacists on the ward um, uh, day before yesterday. 
And he sort of said, oh, have you met Lauren? She's our new, our new nurse. And I, I was sort of reading through a patient's notes, looking studious, you know. Well, actually, I was genuinely looking through the patient's notes. But um, he said, oh, yeah, she's going to be our new clinical lead. And I just sort of pricked my ears up. I went, I beg your pardon? And he said, well, yeah, because you're the only full-time member of staff, eventually you're going to be the clinical lead. It's going to be you running the team. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, hang on a second. You know, I'm your, you know, I'm much more in favor of being called like, you know, this is our, you know, newbie slash rookie slash, you know, kind of apprentice, you know, any of those kind of terminology I'm I'm okay with. Clinical lead, not so much. Um, maybe in a couple of years, <laughs> but let me find stuff out what you know let me figure this job out first before you start throwing posh words at people um so you know it is quite funny and he said like you know bring any changes you want to the team this is going to be your team no <laughs> as you know so when I sort of said to the you know I texted them both yesterday and said about oh you hope you don't mind I've just reorganized the office a little bit um including kind of putting our names on uh drawers of filing cabinets and things and organizing the stationery and you know sort of putting dividers in files and things just like really stupid things like that but they to me it helps because I like a bit of organization and um, they're like and you know my male colleague was like it's okay as clinical lead you can put you know implement as many changes as you want and I was like no let's not use that word again let's just stick with apprentice or student or you know padawan learner or you know any other sort of sci-fi references is just fine um you know and I just sort of laughed it off um I mean yeah I guess you know in the next couple of years he'll be going first I guess um and then my my female colleague will go in a few more years down like hopefully if you you know they're not going to leave me just yet um you know but I want to do them proud I want to be their protege so hopefully it's not gonna be for a long time yet um <laughs> but it's just a lot of change and I feel like I'm being treated differently um not saying that I was ever treated unfavorably although that has happened in the past in in many 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 scenarios um but now I'm in that kind of specialist role it's almost like people are willing to listen to what I have to say which is really kind of different um and it is it's just I guess it's kind of almost like that pyramid thing there aren't as many specialist nurses as there are general staff nurses so you know, and we wear different colour uniforms and things, so it, it we kind of do stick out a little bit more. So, um, you know, and some people like trying to suss you out, like say, oh, well, you're in a specialist nurse uniform, but what are you and who are you and what do you do and why are you on my ward and what are you interfering with my patient's notes for and, you know, things like that. But, um, again, time will help that, will you know, effect change. And I hope it's going to be a very positive journey. Um, and that although I 
miss my colleagues in my old job beyond words and I could literally sit here and cry about how much I miss them um I I know they're happy for me and they're proud of where I've got to and they knew it was going to happen eventually um because you know um I tried to explain it when you know on my draft of my episode yesterday and it it sounded a little conceited but there was no other way I could sort of figure out a way of describing it so I I felt like I'd outgrew that role that I was I felt like there was no scope for 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 growing that and I did try the last couple of years I did try and try and carve my own path and you know where I did my sort of my post grad work and um you know and I'd spoken to my then line manager you know about possibly doing some more training and and establishing maybe like a nurse practitioner role and it just unfortunately never never came into fruition uh no money unfortunately um so from then I just felt like um the only way I could describe it is you know how they say goldfish grow to the size of their surroundings um basically for the last two years I'd say more so in the last 12 months I felt like my my fishbowl my (laughs) um was too small because I felt like I had so much more to give to the service than what my job at the time was it you know allowing me to do um so I knew that at some stage I was either gonna I was gonna do two things I was either gonna stay comfortable and stay where I was and then probably turn out to be very bitter and resentful as I'd seen nurses I've seen that happen to a lot of nurses that never progressed in their careers and there's nothing wrong with not wanting to progress there's nothing wrong with staying there and to be honest I was quite willing to stay at staff nurse level because I thought you know what there's enough responsibility just doing that um because I did, I never wanted to go into management. That was something I never wanted to do. So I said, well, if I was going to progress, it'd be to a specialist role. But they don't come up at all very often. It's very much a blue moon situation. Um, but I just felt like the the curiosity, I guess, the inquisitiveness. Inquisitiveness? I don't know if that's the correct word. I do apologise if I've used incorrect grammar. My mother won't be very happy. Um, I just felt like I had more scope to explore and I like to find things out. I'm a very nosy person. I like to know how things work, how, so I know when they don't work. And, you know, I, I, I like to be challenged like that. Um, I think it goes with being very bookish and very, you know, I like finding out facts and things and I was getting to the point where there was nothing else I could really explore with the role that I had because I was very much you know kind of restricted in what I could do and that was just because of the the responsibilities within that job description I couldn't really expand any more than I had um and so I was left with the other option of go and find a job that will challenge you and I found one, and it's challenging me. <laughs> and it and it will, and it nursing will always have its challenges. It always will. 
in one way or another. But I'm hoping these are challenges that I can work with and I can have fun. Not fun, that sounds really kind of like I have no life. Um, <laughs> but you know, I can really explore and challenge and, and sort of promote myself a bit more and, and seek out that confidence that I've been wanting to have for many, many years. And especially visiting wards that didn't really give me a chance in the beginning and it and that was quite empowering um so my very first ward um and that you know again it wasn't all of them and I don't think it was it certainly wasn't a personal thing but as a newly qualified I worked on a very intense ward um in terms of it was emergency medicine so yeah it was pretty intense and I lived on my nerves for the first 12 months of my career to the point where I thought I hadn't made the right decision at all I should have done something completely different not nursing uh it turns out that maybe I just shouldn't have had a baptism of fire as much as I did and should have started somewhere a little bit more with a routine which came later and that helped um but I did feel a little ostracized from that war because I wasn't career hungry and I wasn't um wanting to go up the ladder I just wanted to do my job and do it well um and you know people please um (laughs) and it didn't go so well I made a lot of mistakes there I was very very nervous to the point that I'd feel like I was going to be sick every morning because I was so scared um because your patients were poorly anything could happen in a split second it was very much balancing on knife edge the whole time and I just could not live in that kind of environment uh, to the extent that I got redeployed to a, an area which thankfully had a routine that it was a bit of a slower pace and I was able to kind of build up those skills and those kind of, you know, that resilience from working somewhere like that. And when I left that ward, there's some people that, you know, still ask, you know, that I bump into now and again and like oh hi how's things blah 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 there's also a few of them that have kind of were happy to see the back of me because I think I was just a thorn in their side I was the weak link I just wasn't cut out for that line of work um so when I've gone there on that ward uh having had them refer to me well, or my colleague, to someone like me for my advice, my expertise and my experience to help them with their patient was quite an empowering kind of situation, especially when they, you know, they sort of asked me stuff that maybe on the flip side back when I was a newly qualified, they probably would have looked at me like like I was stupid. Whereas I could have had that opportunity to, you know, and I wouldn't do that because I, I don't go out my way to make people look stupid. That's not that's not me. Um, I take the moral high ground because um, I just find that more empowering. And I was actually able to kind of challenge them and go, well, no, that's not what I've advised. Um, you do it this way. And it just made me realise that not everybody knows everything about everything. So, 
you know, that again was quite reassuring in my new role that I'm not going to know everything right now. And I probably still won't know everything when I'm on my verge of my retirement because things will have changed again. So, you know, I gave myself a bit of a break and I did feel quite empowered by that that incident or that situation, if you like, because they were a bit like, oh, now they're asking me for help, <laughs> you know. Um, so, yes, so things are changing and things are positive changes. Nothing's too, you know too much for me but I know you know I know my own triggers now I know them better than anyone so I know I can put my hands up and say I'm struggling with this and one of those was please don't leave me on my own next week because I can't (laughs) you know I was able to be open and honest with my manager and she was okay about it but part of me was like oh my god she's going to regret you know recruiting me she's going to think I'm a nightmare because I keep worrying about things and I keep emailing her um but you know my colleague was like well no because you're just telling her you're being honest and if you were being really cocky and self-confident or overconfident and you were prepared to do stuff without me and your other colleague helping you then that would be a red flag the fact that you're recognizing your shortcomings is human and it's you know, a very professional approach to it. So I was like, well, when you put it like that, that doesn't sound so bad. So yeah, so I'm going to see how things play on. Obviously, I've got this coming week off. So I'm going to get my hair extensions refitted because I look like I'm growing dreadlocks. No problem with dreadlocks, but not when you've got hair and dreadlocks at the same time. Um, And yeah, they're looking a bit tatty. So I need them putting back in. And I'm also going to get my eyebrows laminated, which I've never had done before. So, you know, let's see how that turns out, shall we? <laughs> so I've got a few things sort of keeping me busy next week. A few things to look, look uh, forward to. Um, I'm hopefully taking Big G and Little G to a Christmas market tomorrow. So that'll be um, hopefully fun and not at all stressful um, or expensive. And yeah, so just making little plans and just chilling the hell out for a change and just not worrying so much about expectations or what I believe people are expecting of me um because I can't read minds as good as I am I can't read minds at all so on that note I'm gonna say good night and apologies for me wittering on with all the background noise and the air fresheners and the crackly candles and the sighing snoring dog um (laughs) hopefully it'll be a bit quieter when I next uh, record so um so as always stay safe keep talking be you know like just oh sorry about that I don't actually know what happened there I went a little bit sort of like almost into a remix (laughs) but like I said always keep uh, talking, you know, talk to anybody. Um, I'm all for one for breaking down the stigmas around mental health. So um, as always, stay safe um, and take care. Good night and speak to you soon. Good night.